Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Welcome. Today with me, I have Maddie Benjen and we're here to talk about a recipe that um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about and Maddie developed and created for our um, winter issue that is out right now and it is um, Baked Alaska. <laughs> Tell us a little yeah. bit about your recipe and, and why even Baked Alaska now? <laughs> That's right. Um, so when we kind of went through and we're starting to come up with the matrix, you know, a lot of times we're Our figuring ideas. out like... The matrix is the ideas or the, the content that we put into the magazine. Yes, exactly. Um, we kind of like spitball some ideas and like sometimes we take in consideration, um, especially for a seasonal kitchen. Is there a national food holiday? Is there an ingredient to highlight? Um, so this kind of, we put it in grand finale, but it kind of could go either way because... Actually, National Baked Alaska Day is February 1st. So we thought, how fitting for a dessert, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it seems a little weird. Looks like a big snowball. I mean, eating some <laughs> ice cream in winter. I mean, everyone still does it, but. <laughs> well, and the name, it's so intriguing, the name, too. Yeah, and how that came about is, um, I think it was said to have been, um commemorated for the U.S. purchase of Alaska. Oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. 1867, mm -hmm. I think that's what I came across. Okay. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of like a nod to the purchase. And the secret is like, you know, it's a lot of people try to think, um, it's kind of over the board, it's a mystery. Who really decided to start this? You know, it dates back to like someone first came up with meringue and then another person came with another dessert that was called, um, oh, what was it? It was something omelet, something different. Okay. I can't think of that actual title. So in a nutshell, a baked Alaska has kind of three components. Is that right? Yes. So okay. it's ice cream, cake, and meringue wrapped up into one dessert and then baked. So the meringue covers the ice cream and the cake, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. It like kind of encases it to make that like snowball look. Oh and yeah, then, like the old um, snowballs are the what do they call them? Were they called snowballs? Those um, little hostess things we ate as kids. Oh yeah, that's it coated. Looks, was it coated in coconut or something? Mm -hmm. And they're pink. Uh, I love those. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it all kind of started started there. And um, I think it was a restaurant in was it in New York, Pam? Do you remember that? That could that? be. That could uh, be. I'm gonna say oh. I have, I'm going to say Delmonico's, but that's not necessarily, yes. it is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think that was it actually. Um, well, that's that an old time. It's an old time New York restaurant and they have definitely been the, um, on the forefront of many, uh, kind of things that have, uh, stuck with us over the period of time. Yeah. And they said that restaurant that they, um, kind of do like some trademark dishes, like they did potatoes after an actress maybe, or something, you know, like, so they're known for making these trademark yep. dishes is based off of things that are mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay. So, um, yeah, so it's it's been around for a long time. Um, I think when you hear the name Alaska, you're not surprised it has ice cream with it. And, um, but I guess, um, I'm gonna guess from how this thing kind of originated, because the way you assemble it, you take a bowl or a vessel and you put sort of on the bottom part, you put your ice cream, right? Yes. Yeah, so it does. Yeah. So there's kind of some different steps to this and how mm -hmm. I kind of thought the best part was to, you know, first do your cake. 
you know, and a lot of recipes, how it started, um, you can use purchase pound cake. I just did a quick buttermilk pound cake because, you know, it's something that's sturdy enough that it is going to be your base to your baked Alaska. So you kind of want it to like be a good, you know, protection for when it does go in the oven. So you don't have that, you know, ice cream melting on the bottom, which also, you know, the meringue is going to help with that as well, insulating it. Um, but yeah, so the first part I started with was the cake and you know, it's really easy, but if you do want to buy a purchase pound cake, you totally can. You just want to make sure, um, like I did, uh, a round cake pan to make sure for the, the large mound one, um, the whole one to fit inside the bowl. So no matter what you do, um, you just want to make sure that the cake completely covers the bottom of whatever vessel you're using to enclose that ice cream. Yeah, and we should step back. So for the magazine, for the issue, you developed both a large kind of ta-da centerpiece sort of um, baked Alaska. And that's something that you most likely are going to eat or make when you've got a big gathering because I don't know how well it saves. You can kind of maybe talk about that in a little bit. And then you did individual ones. Um, but so mm -hmm. you started with the cake, and that's because when you turn it out, it's sort of like an upside-down thing. So yes. the cake the cake will be on the bottom. And that's where I was kind of going before. I can imagine that you had to have a cake component because since it's the base, to put just ice cream and then meringue on top of it probably would be a puddly mess. Since oh, you, yeah. you brulee the meringue, either you either broil it or you fire it with a with a torch. Um, so you need some kind of a base. But when you build it, you're putting the ice cream in first into your vessel. Then you put your cake pieces on top of that kind of as a seal, mm -hmm. right? And then you turn it out after you bake. I guess it's baked. <laughs> Before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so then. Um, I'll let if, you start again. Sorry. <laughs> well, no. I mean, and that's the thing that it's like there's so many components to this, which also is great for make ahead options. Sure. You know, don't be scared away that it has so many steps. Just think of it as you can make the cake one day and get the ice cream ready the next, and then the assembly and meringue the follow the you know the day you want to serve it. Well, and you want it to set up, so it needs to kind of kind mm -hmm. of freeze when it's in its in its form, so it holds that shape. Yeah. So and we can say an eleven year old um, reader has made this and had success with it. <laughs> yes, um, totally. And you know, I was so impressed to hear that just because it's like, I kind of did make this with like my kids in mind too, thinking like, oh, it's a dessert they'll love. It's ice cream, cake it's ice cake. cream. <laughs> you know, and it looks like a snowball. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but so when you're doing the ice cream, say we're talking about the whole one first, um, you do want to make sure um, that your cake pan fits inside the vessel you're using for your ice cream is like a key kind of component. But then before you do your ice cream, you want to spray that bowl with nonstick spray and layer in some plastic wrap to hang uh -huh. over the sides and kind of fit along there. Just because when you do go to turn it out, it'll make it so much easier than hoping and praying that it's going to come uh, loose out of absolutely. that container. Yeah, because it'll freeze to the sides, especially metal bowl or anything like that. You just don't know what you're going to get. Absolutely. It's, it's like baking yeah. 101, but freezing 101. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. And so um, like what we did for the ice cream is we picked, I think it was chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, and mint chocolate chip. And so for the large one, you just alternated scoops of all of those flavors, however you want it, or just pick one flavor. Um, and you and did that for visual, right? Visual exactly. and flavor variety, right? Yeah. It actually and went it, well together. Yeah. And it could be any combination you like. Yes. 
Um, and or so one. then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what you did with that then is in between, I would kind of just, you know, have an additional piece of plastic wrap to make sure when you're pushing down all those ice cream soup scoops, because, you know, you don't want any gaps in between all those scoops. You want it to be just one solid mass. Um, so that was kind of a little fun tip I found out that, you know, just use that, put that plastic wrap over top of it and just push down, mm -hmm. like, you know, in between even, like, say you've gone halfway, give it a good push, keep going, mm -hmm. do another push. Um, mm -hmm. It also keeps it kind of mess free on your hands and um, it makes it able so you can like kind of smear it and level it out too. Um, but then after you get the ice cream in there for the whole one, we're still talking, um, then you're going to go ahead and press your cookies in because since it's soft, they'll adhere to the ice cream a lot easier than when they're frozen. Well, and this was a little extra that you added to it just for a little textural thing and flavor. <laughs> and who doesn't love an Oreo? Cause it wasn't Oreo, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of a little fun little feature in there, you know, cause like visually we're always thinking that for the magazine, like how, sure. what would look cool, you know? And I just was like, Oh, it might be nice to have like one of those little cookie layers, kind of like how Dairy Queen would have their I, ice cream cakes. I was just going to say, Carvel, we mostly had Carvel cakes growing up. I grew up on the East Coast, um, or Dairy Queen, but I always preferred the Carvel cake. Um, and as we were talking about their issue, I love soft ice cream. So their ice cream cakes were kind of made with their soft ice cream, but they always had that textural, rough um, cookie layer in there. And that oh, yeah. with the soft creamy ice cream. Oh my gosh, what a combination. <laughs> totally. And I mean, that yeah, was yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Um, so then you freeze that together um, just so it sets and is firm. And then you put, um, you know, then it's coming to your cake. So you want your, your cake done. So that's kind of why I said to do that first, you know, because sure. that can sit and rest, you know, because you want that cool. Um, so and I'm just going to add in here too. I know that um, I believe it might be fine cooking. I think that they, on their issue out now, similar to ours, I think they did a baked Alaska as well, and they did it in a loaf pan. So oh, that's sure. another option for people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the other thing. Like, that's also why we gave like an easier option on the jumbo muffin tins because then they're personalized and smaller size versus this huge tada, which right. you know, it is a mound of stuff. Like you're you do have a party to serve with it. <laughs> but so then you did your cake after you did your cookie. Yes. So then what you're gonna use is what I found. I did a little ganache layer on top of oh. the cookie to help seal to really make sure that cake seals to the ice cream. I just thought, you know, okay. that's a nice little, you know. It'll freeze together nicely. Yep. Um, so spread that ganache. And what I did was I put half of it on the ice cream base and then the other half on the actual cake. So it wasn't, you know, so then when you pushed it together, they kind of just adhered a little bit. That makes sense. So the idea is you have a seal so that you're, so you're mm -hmm. building from the, the top up really. So you put your ice cream in, then your cookie, your ganache, then your cake, because when you turn it out, it will be the cake on the bottom, ganache, ice cream, and then that gets to da after that. <laughs> yes. And then the other thing you do want, you're going to freeze the cake and ice cream together again. So after your ice cream is frozen, you know, then you do the ganache and you add cake and you freeze it again to get it to set even more. So then time-wise, um, you make the cake and you kind of let that cool. And I, I imagine when that's kind of cooling, you can scoop your ice cream mm -hmm. and you can do your cookie and your ganache. Um, yes. Is that right? Or do you let the, the 
ice cream set before you do the cookie and ganache? Well, the cookie goes right after you've scooped because okay. your ice cream's soft and you're pressing it in there. Okay. But then right after you get the cookie in, you pop it into the freezer. Okay. To get it firm and set. So and then, then the ganache. Okay. Yep. Then you do the ganache and then you put the cake on to kind of seal that and you freeze it again. <laughs> so how long do you freeze it? Um, when you, after you do the cookie, would you say, is it like an overnight or just like until firm kind of? Um, I think I had, you covered the ice cream and then you froze for like 30 minutes. So not oh, too yes, long. I see it. Okay. Just so it's kind of set a little firmed up because I exactly. guess. You, yes. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so, and then you put your ganache and then you put your cake and then it, it chills again. And then once the cake is on. About two hours or overnight. So that's a okay. good stopping point if you wanted to stop and, you know, call that's it a day. What I was going <laughs> to ask you. So you could in theory make the cake one day and let that sort of set and then come back and do your ice cream. Or you could do the cake and the ice cream part all together on one day, depending on how much time you have allotted for yourself. Um, how long would you say... And it, for me, I would think, yeah, depending on how much time you have, because your cake is cooling, sitting there scooping ice cream would probably be worth your time to get it done at what oh, time. Yeah. So what time, how long does that take the cake, uh, the, like the cake and the scooping of the ice cream and all that till it starts it really chilling? really comes together pretty quickly. I mean, cause I, I used a mix, you know, a mixer for the cake. And I think for a grand total time, I was about an hour plus chilling and baking like total. It really comes together very okay. quickly. Okay. So you've got maybe 40 You can even, while your cake's in the oven, be scooping your ice cream. You know, it, it's all yeah. about just and timing and what you want. And, right, right. Uh, well, that's nice that the the stopping point for you and all of that. And if somebody doesn't want to make a cake, they can purchase a pound cake, depending if they have the right size that's going to fit the vessel that they. And what I would say even, um, it, so if if you do the individuals, even like that purchase pound cake would work pretty simply oh, too, sure. just because yeah. a lot of times they come in a loaf pan, the so loaf. it's easy to slice and yeah. get it, you know, yeah. um, how you want it. So for those individuals, you want to keep in mind what you're doing with the jumbo muffin tin. You could always use a regular muffin tin. They're just not going to be as big. And you're just going to have to watch um, the amount of ice cream and stuff you put in there. You just need enough. You know, um, one of the key things is to have a cookie, like a biscuit cutter. Um, that's the right size for whatever vessel. If you're using a muffin tin or a jumbo muffin tin, you just, sure. like I said before, want that size to match up. Um, but the best thing about the individuals is you get to use jumbo muffin tin liners or muffin liners instead of right. having to do plastic wrap for each of those vessels. And I guess you sort of control the size uh, Alaska you make by the size bowl or vessel that you put all the ice cream in, really. Exactly. So we you used a pretty good size bowl. Um, so that's why you used what was it, a nine inch cake pan? Yeah, nine inch round cake pan. Yeah. So to fit that, but you did not go all the way to the top. Well, I don't know. When you put no, the cake on, was that all the way to the top? So you do leave kind of like um, about at like a half inch to an inch of your ice cream from the top of the bowl so that your cake does, you can squish it in. And it's okay. fine if it's above the bowl a little, but okay. as long as you can still get it in there to squeeze with your ice cream. And it's mostly flesh with the it's top. It's mostly, but and then if it's same, over, it's all right. Sure. Is that the same with the individuals? Exactly. 
Okay. You have want enough room to kind of squeeze in your cake to be somewhat sure. flush, but if not, it's not going to make or break it. And then on the individual ones, you opted to just sort of use a single ice cream for each one. So you could be a mint chocolate, you could be a vanilla, you could be a chocolate, you could be, so you did a variety of single ice cream themed. And so somebody could just pick whatever their favorite ice cream is and do exactly. that one. Or, yeah. It's a little more personal. And yeah. um, when, when I actually make them and shot them, it was kind of nice to, um, cut them into halves even. And so people or quarters and so, you know, so you could still try each one, but yeah. instead of mixing the flavors, you can kind of pick and choose. Did you think the jumbo muffin size was a generous sort oh, of yeah. individual? That's what I thought. It was pretty filling. <laughs> yeah. So in, in theory, maybe a, a regular muffin pan. So, which maybe more people have, uh, would be nice. They would just be smaller and yeah. you would just have to obviously divide your cake into 12ths or something instead of six. And exactly. Yeah. You just right. kind of same kind of concept, match it to fit however you need. So start with your ice cream or make your cake, buy your cake, start putting your ice cream in cookie ganache, your chilling or cookie on top, then chill it, <laughs> then your ganache, then your cake, chill it again. And then <laughs> the meringue <laughs> and do you turn it out before you start making your meringue or what did you do? How did you? So with that, okay. So when you're doing the large mound of ice cream one, uh, the big bowl can sometimes be tricky to get the whole ice cream out. You might have to let it sit for a little bit. Um, so that would be a good time to get it out of your freezer and let it sit while you make your meringue. But gotcha. if you're doing the individual ones, those babies pop out like in a breeze because they're, you know, muffin liners and right. they just peel the muffin liner off. Did you ever sit the big bowl into a little bit of warm water or anything? Did you do anything like that to sort of help? It depends. It? Okay. Um, sometimes it was fine. Um, but other times when I was trying to hurry, you know, I would put it in a little warm water, not long, you know, just yep. to keep checking it and like, you know, tip it over, see if it comes out go back to it, you know, so yeah, it can you don't, be a little tedious. You don't want a, a, a like a liquidy mess of ice cream <laughs> yeah. at that point. You've done all this freezing of it. So it's a solid and then you don't, um, yeah, you don't <laughs> want it all melted on your counter before you add. Exactly. <laughs> before you add meringue and then either put it in the broiler or, or is that where you broil it or bake it and um, baked. So before we actually get talking about meringue, do you know, I mean, it is an interesting, I know we talked a little bit about it. It is sort of an interesting assembly of components. Um, was there any discussion about how these individual components sort of came to be? I mean, I, I think we get ice cream, I guess, for Alaska. And um, it's, it was the meringue part to make it look like snowball-y maybe? Yeah, kind of, but also to act as the insulation. So, okay. um, you know, to okay. protect that ice cream from melting. Okay. Um, and you the know, cake uh, as a base to exactly. seal it. Exactly. You know, okay. and so that's kind of like the meringue is kind of that, you know, little insulation, kind of like, you know, an igloo outside, but, you know, it's pretty durable and um, really helps keep the ice cream from melting. Um, before you even talk about meringues, I, I wanted to kind of maybe just give a little um, refresher for people about what meringues are. Um, and you can tell us, I'm pretty 
you made, but I did an article, I think it was last year. If it wasn't last year, it was the year before. It was last year mm-hmm. um, around the world of meringues because if um, I think some people are aware, not everybody is aware. Um, I remember um, uh, learning the different styles of meringues when I was in culinary school, um, but there are there is a French meringue a Swiss meringue and a, um, an Italian meringue. And the French meringue is the meringue that you most, most people are familiar with. It is whipping egg whites and then, um, until kind of frothy and then adding sugar slowly. And the, the, the air actually puffs up, um, the, and creates volume on the, in the whites. And then the sugar uh, flavors it, but also, um, stabilizes it. And a lot of times you will add a stabilizer. And then the meringue is actually used that way. It can go on top of a pie. It can be turned into pavlova. Um, You can make um, macaroons. Um, You can, yeah. So um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, And then we can kind of talk about maybe some tips on, on making on meringues. But so that's the French and the way I think of, I always remember this. So French is the one I always remember because it's the one that everybody makes most, most likely. And then there's a Swiss and Italian. And the way I kind of remember the difference is I think of like Swiss as being like sort of neutral in the middle. And it's sort of the middle of complexity of the two um, or the three meringues. So that's how I kind of remember what version that one is. And that's where you take a uh, bamarie. So you take a pan with some simmering water and then you put another pan on top of it and your egg whites and your sugar are heated until about 130 degrees, unless your recipe calls for Um, And then you start um, beating right away when it's off heat and um, until it's stiff and glossy and, um, and it feels cool to the touch. It's a little softer um, and denser in texture than a French meringue. But it's, you know, used for um, buttercream frostings, cookies, even pavlovas. Um, so that's, um, and that one's kind of, as I said, middle of the road. And I think of that because I think of Swiss as being sort of neutral middle of the road. So, <laughs> um, and then Italian meringue is the most stable, but it is probably the most challenging to make. Um, and that is where you actually make a sugar syrup. And it's not like a simple syrup. Um, but you're cooking uh, sugar and water to a softball stage, so between 238 and 240, and then you are slowly adding to whipped egg whites while the mixer is running. Again, you're beating until it's stiff and glossy, and you know your peaks form and all of that kind of stuff, and it's feeling cool to the touch. It's, uh, I mean, when you think about it, it is challenging because you're taking. Um, it involves making the syrup, which you're heating sugar and water and it's to a certain temperature degree. So that's a little bit challenging. Don't want Um, it to turn to caramel. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then you have to kind of catch it at the right time um, and then pour it into your, um, your whites that have been whipped. And so it might require raising or lowering the heat of the syrup or the speed of the mixture to kind of get that sweet spot. But, um, that Italian meringue is then usually turned into a buttercream for frostings or decorating pastries or anything. But yeah, meringues are fun to make. Like I said, you can turn them into pavlova. We have a couple of great recipes online. I think we also have, last year we did lamingtons, um, which uses meringues. 
um, if you've ever had a obviously a lemon pie um, or an angel food cake. An angel food cake basically is a uh, it's a foam. That's the that's the stabilizing. The egg whites are your stabilizer, and uh, macarons, um, French macarons, which are made. Um, cookies and they're made from egg whites and, and then baked. And usually when you bake a meringue, it's typically sweet and crispy. And then some kind of things just to think about when you're making a meringue, fresh eggs produce a more stable meringue, but older eggs produce more volume because they're less viscous and less acidic. So make your decision on that one yourself. Colder egg whites, which is really interesting, actually separate, if you think about this, separate more easily, but room temperature egg whites produce more volume. So we always recommend sort of splitting your eggs while they're cold and then letting them sit to come to room temperature and always break your eggs into, have two little bowls, one for your whites and one for your yolks and hit your egg flat onto, not on one of the edges, not on one of the domed edges, but one on the flat sides, hit it flat onto a flat surface um, you're going to get less kind of craggly um, shards on your egg for splitting. And it is, uh, helps you maybe not break your yolks. Um, and so then um, separate your eggs into those two little individual bowls. And then as you separate each egg, turn them, put them into the bigger bowl that you're going to put them in. And that's just so if you've got any kind of shell in there or, as I said, um, a red you know, egg. <laughs> yes, yeah, so a red egg or a yolk or something like that, because fat interferes with uh, the development of a white, um, your egg whites, um, your meringue. And so you don't want any fat in your meringue. You don't want any yolk in there. And so if you've, if your um, egg gets spoiled because you've cracked it and your egg and your yolk splits, you don't want to use that because the fat in the yolk will inhibit the foam from being created. And, um, and it's just instead of, you know, tossing away 12 eggs that you've just say on your last egg, all of a sudden your yolk is split and you've just kind of now messed up 12 eggs as opposed to one, you only have to redo one egg. Um, but so in addition to the yolk that you want to be careful about, you really want to be careful about the, um, the bowl that you're using and the beaters and um, all of that kind of stuff. You really want to make sure they're clean. Um, I would say, you know, a good wipe down, you know, obviously soap and water, but maybe a little bit of vinegar um, um, water helps to, to, to break down some grease. Um, just, I remember when I was in culinary school, we were making something with egg whites and we were having the hardest time and we had to go and re clean everything and redo everything. And I think we were using a copper bowl. Um, if some people aren't familiar, copper, adding a copper bowl um, makes them more voluminous and stable because the copper reacts with the proteins in the whites. Um, same way like a cream of tartar does, which is a stabilizer. Um, but if you're using a copper bowl, you don't need to add a stabilizer because it will actually be too acidic. So mm -hmm. if you're using a copper bowl, you don't need um, a stabilizer. If you're not using a copper bowl, you might likely, especially if you're using a French, um, doing a French meringue or potentially a uh, Swiss meringue. And um, it's best to use like a glass uh, steel or like a copper bowl we were talking about. Plastic is not something we recommend because 
it's more porous and may kind of more unknowingly contain traces of fat. Same thing with like uh, spatulas. Make sure your spatulas are really clean. And um, adding a pinch of salt, um, as it most might baking, but in this case, it uh, reduces viscosity. So it creates greater volume. And we always recommend super fine sugar because it dissolves faster and it's a better textured um, foam. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a couple of other little, um, just whipped egg whites are fragile. So, um, especially a French meringue. So the more stable your meringue, the longer it can kind of sit. So now we'll, we'll go back to you. So you are now making your meringue. So tell us what you did. And, and then, um, the point is in a French meringue, you want to kind of use it pretty quickly. Totally. And, you know, and we did use cream of tartar, um, to be the stabilizer uh -huh. and same process, you know, you want to whip it. And I know some people it's also, you know, meringue can be tricky and, um, it really comes together easily, but you also want to make sure that you get it to the right stiffness. Mm -hmm. Um, so you do want this stiff. So once you pull out your beater, you want to see that stiff peak. So, um, it does hold when you're putting it on your ice cream. Um, the reason I say that was because Pam, do you remember our proofreader? was reading the article and she had mentioned that she had just got done watching the British Bake Off and <laughs> they had done baked Alaska's and so they had always wanted to do it. So it was perfect timing. Um, but she said, you know, it turned out great, except, you know, her meringue kind of slid in the oven and slid off it. So Pam and I were kind of talking and we thought, well, it could be that she didn't have her meringue very stiff enough. Or, you know, mm -hmm. it could be, you know, the ice cream maybe was a little too soft. Mm -hmm. um, so many options, you know, so meringue can be tricky. Um, but we also thought, too, you know, if you do have a blowtorch, which, you know, Julia Child says every kitchen should have one, <laughs> um, use that. It's fun. And, Instead you know, of baking or, it. Exactly. And then, you you know, it's not in the oven as long. So right. if you are worried, opt for the blowtorch. You might have one in the garage or something like <laughs> I've got a personal size and then my <laughs> husband has the big one. So <laughs> we're covered. Well, and then to add on to your point about the kind of sweet spot of meringues that yes, they are, they are, can be tricky. And I think people are concerned about, is it done or isn't it done? But you also, you'll know if you've over whipped the meringue because that's when it becomes grainy and dull and mm. it'll start to crumble uh, or clump up. Um, it might begin to separate. So you don't want to take it too far, um, but you want to make sure that you've taken it far enough that there is that stability. Yes. And you, you know, aim for that glossy, pretty, you know, mm -hmm. it looks like marshmallow fluff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. And then, so what we did, um, I opted just for spooning it on. And, you know, when you get your meringue, like we said, you want to completely cover it. Um, so once you've turned out your ice cream mound and cake, put that onto a baking sheet because it's going to be easier than, than once you get all the meringue on and trying to transfer it. Um, so go ahead, put it on a baking sheet, you know, and then start coating it in meringue. And when I say coat, I mean, go to touch the baking <laughs> sheet, you know, like completely cover this thing just so there is no way that there's so going to be ice cream leaking out. It's like a barrier. Yes. Okay. Just like, you know, just a little blanket yep. around it all. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, you really want to make it go all the way down and completely cover. Um, 
I just used the back of a spoon and gave just some swirls to it to give it a little texture because that's where you're going to get the fun colors and browning and, you know, see the different textures to it is like the different like caves and stuff you create on it. Mm -hmm. um, some people do go through the, um, you can pipe it on there, make it very fancy and elegant. Uh, it's whatever you want. If you're ready to go, I just found it's easy just to scoop it, smear it on there, and it looks just as fun. Oh, I mean, it had beautiful texture. And I think um, the contrast of the kind of burnt ends or the caramelized ends that of the meringue and then the, the snowy white, and then all oh, that's flavor. It's just like if you think about toasted marshmallows, that's really what you're talking about. Exactly. You know, because, you know, you think meringue, once it gets heated, it is you know, firm, you know, and creates mm -hmm. just that crust. So you kind of have a little crust on the outside, mm -hmm. ice cream on the inside, and then the cake on the bottom. Oh, and um, don't forget the cookie layer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and that was the thing too, that, you know, the oven kind of made it like the ice cream just right. You know, sometimes it's like you do want to let it sit for a little bit because it is like solid ice cream in there. Um, but the oven did kind of melt it a little on the inside, mm -hmm. but not too much. Um, but if you're having trouble slicing through it, let it rest for a little bit. It's not going to matter. You know, it's just going to give it easier. Did you use a warm uh, a knife dipped in warm water too when you um, sliced through it? Did you use um, serrated or a regular? Um, I think I tried both. And, uh -huh. you know, I think just a regular knife worked great. Okay. Um, if I remember. Okay. Just because, yeah. you know, you're not quite sawing. You know, mm -hmm. it's nice that yes. if it is softened, you can just take, a, you know, a chef knife and go right through it. Yeah. Um, well, you're, you're definitely speaking my language. As I said, I, I tend to, whenever I eat ice cream, which isn't really, it's a rarity, um, anymore. I, um, uh, don't like it right out of the fridge. Uh, I like, as I've mentioned, I like a soft serve. I always have, I like good ice cream too, but I want it. I don't want it right out of the fridge. I need something that's a little bit soft. I like that kind of combo of, cold with a little bit of soft and creamy. Exactly. No. And that's, you know, because it's like, you don't want to get an instant brain freeze when you bite into some. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then, you know, I just thought that was cute. You know, we did, we always love it when people write in and tell us like they've tried our recipes and we get great, you know, we get some feedback and, you know, we don't always get good feedback. So when the good news does come in, you know, it's great. And so when that, yes. Mom wrote to us telling us her 11-year-old daughter, you know, she attempted it. And, yes. you know, she it took her, I think, three times, but she never gave up. She said, you know, even had melting ice cream in the oven, but she was finally <laughs> successful. And, you know, and she had just said, like, thank you for such a great recipe that had great details to directions. And it means a lot to us to hear that because I think some people... If they're happy, they're happy. They don't feel the need to say anything. Or mm -hmm. if someone's mad, they're quick to write in. Um, mm -hmm. So it's always, you know, it just always brings a smile to my face to hear that um, people are enjoying what we're doing. It makes it all worth it. All the well, kind of long processes we end up yes. doing. Yes. <laughs> well, and as you said, there are a lot of, there's a lot of detailed instructions in here. So um, if you are... Um, if you're if you're worried or concerned and maybe not the most um, 
experienced bakers, there's a little hand holding here with all of the instructions. And if you are um, a little more seasoned, I say give it a go because it, you, this is right up your alley because you got it. It's making a cake, it's scooping some ice cream, and it's whipping up a meringue. And um, and then it's your choice whether you want to blow torch or you want to bake. <laughs> Have some fun uh, with it. <laughs> exactly. Well, and as you said too, our um, before the issue even uh, was released during um, our editing and proofreading stage, uh, our proofreader Steph, uh, her she and her family made it and um, and enjoyed it. She has made several things um, uh, as she's reading the uh, recipes during editing phase, and so that's always fun. Totally, you know, and you know, and. If you are going to use a blowtorch, I will tell you, you know, kind of start farther away because <laughs> you do want to just golden and nicely colored, not burnt, you know, and like, so it does, you know, it doesn't take much that when you're blowing, you know, having the, the heat over it, that it will start to go. You got to give it a minute because it can't go back. <laughs> but I did find if you had some dark spots, you actually can scrape that off and just do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Was there, I'm just kind of looking at your recipe. So yeah, you did a, a French meringue on that and then, um, yeah. Um, and is there anything else you think people would want to know about baked Alaska other than the days, uh, it's coming. Celebrate yep. it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just think, you know, do it in stages. You know, I know sometimes things it's nice to do it all at once, but it, you know, it does take a lot of effort and, you know, you might not have all the time in the day and, right. you know, it's nice to get the dessert part started for if you are having a ta-da show at your house, you know, then you're, you're using your torch and showing the, you know, making it a pretty little showcase. Or, or it's something you could do with your, um, uh, you know, your COVID pot of friends, if you've got mm -hmm. such a thing or your family and divide and conquer sort of the tasks, um, one makes the cake, one scoops the ice cream and does the assembly and one does the meringue or something. I mean, there's totally, to, yeah. Um, the other thing too, um, gosh, I just thought of it and don't make me <laughs> went in and out. Um, <laughs> the minis, um, <laughs> The thing about that, too, is you could always do a half batch meringue and only, you know, whip up a couple of them. But you can always sure. have your ice cream and stuff assembled. And oh, good that's point. another thought. Um, but I also I had to laugh because um, I went into the office um, to do some shooting for the magazine. And I in my freezer, I had still a slice of the baked Alaska meringue, everything intact. So it does seem to hold up in the freezer if you <laughs> pop it back in. And okay. <laughs> Did you eat I, that? I didn't eat it because it wasn't properly covered. So it probably oh, was very okay. freezer burn. Okay. Got it. <laughs> but note to self that if you do have leftovers, it actually surprisingly held up, at least for me. So <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, I think our word um, to you all is. Um, there's mounds of sweetness in your future if you dare. And um, just kind of, if you break it up into stages, it's uh, really very doable. And it's nothing really that you have not done before. Um, most have made a French meringue. Most have made a simple cake. And I think everybody 
has scoops some ice cream. So totally. No, right. and I, you know, exactly. It's definitely approachable. Don't, yeah. you know, don't look at that mound and think, oh my gosh, I can't yeah. do that. You totally can't. An 11 year old did it. So exactly. Well, thanks, Maddie. Um, thanks for walking down the world of baked Alaska and meringue. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this and uh, look for baked Alaska in our um, February, our January, February winter issue that is out. Um, um, in your homes right now. And thanks for joining us today. If you are looking for any more inspiration for cold winter um, food, <laughs> yeah, warm winter food <laughs> for cold winter days, check out cuisineathome.com. Look for our articles. I know there's a, an article there about meringues. So if you are want to read more about meringues and uh, look for any of our meringue-based desserts, uh, check out, again, cuisineathome.com. And look for us on all the social media platforms. We would love to hear from you and engage with you. And um, if you are making the Baked Alaska, we'd love to hear that and see your pics. So thanks so much. And we look forward to uh, having you come back and join us the next time. Thanks for now. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom cuisine at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.